James, welcome to Pocket Mastermind Podcast. How are you? Very well. How's it going? Yeah, really good. Really good. Um, so let us find out a little bit about James, uh, a yeah. bit of background. Um, we found you because you actually reached out um, to promote your platform, your matchmaker platform, yeah. uh, which we've had great success with meeting meeting guests. But um, let's give a bit of background to how you came to creating that platform in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I've been an entrepreneur, but as far as I can remember, really, I've never actually had a job working for anyone. So uh, when I finished school at 16, I managed to get a PayPal account on my 16th birthday. And I thought, right, I want to make some money now. What, what can I do? So um, that's kind of the, that was the sort of the, the beginning of the journey. journey. And over the last 15 years, I've had multiple businesses, mainly in the kind of online broadcasting, streaming media space. Um, and uh, what was the first thing? What, what, what did you choose? Well, when I first started, I, yeah. had, I, I was designed, I, I learned how to use Photoshop and I was kind of learning Dreamweaver and a bit of HTML uh -huh. and kind of, I was just doing odd jobs, you know, I was like a, uh, like a handyman for the internet. So I was designing, uh -huh. remember the little animated banners that used to be on all the websites. You don't yeah. see them as much now, but I was designing them for a period. Um, and for a 16 year old kid, you know, I was getting paid like $50 here, a hundred dollars. I was like, wow, this is like loads of money. And it was great. And I think it just kind of, it, it sort of, um, I just got the bug and, and I thought, I still went off to university um, really just to make mum and dad proud, you know, uh, <laughs> neither of them went to uni. So it was kind of, you know, it was kind of a thing Well, you know, come on, you've got a good grade, you should go off to university. But I think really uni for me was, was a great experience more for the um, social aspect and the kind mm -hmm. of getting out, you know, moving away from home and learning some life skills. And, and that was when I sort of, really focused on growing my first business, uh, which was called uh, wave streaming. And we were selling streaming media services to radio stations. Um, for a period when I was sort of 16, I wanted to be a DJ. Didn't really happen. Uh, but that was kind of where that interest came from. Mm -hmm. And so fast forward uh, 10 years or so now, and uh, I've got I've got a couple of businesses. One's called radio.co, which is a, still working the radio space, kind of a, a platform or like a radio station in a box sort of platform. Um, and the other is podcast.co, which is relatively new. We launched podcast.co about a year ago. And um, because there's a lot of demand from existing customers who wanted to do podcasting, but also as well, I think there's a tremendous opportunity out there. Podcast is a huge growth industry at the moment. Mm -hmm. So kind of quite an exciting place to be in. Um, and this, this really is how, how we came to, to sort of launch Matchmaker, because um, obviously there's a lot of podcasts, including my own, including yours, that are all based around interviews and they're booking guests um, but there didn't seem to be a good sort of up-to-date modern uh, experience in, in to do this and you can obviously troll linkedin or troll social media but it can be quite time consuming and you know not everyone's going to say yes so i thought mm -hmm. let's create a, a sort of almost like a community and we sort of bill it like tinder for podcasters mm -hmm. uh where where you know everyone on there wants to book guests or they want to be a guest and you know uh, it gets some interesting conversations going and so far like we've had you know, the, the feedback we've had from a lot of users who have just signed up is always great. You know, we're getting really good results for people, which is reassuring and nice to see. Yeah. So when did it actually go live? Because we, uh, we came across you only a few weeks ago. Yes. So we launched in the middle of February 2020. So it's only about three months old now. Um, and we're, we've just hit 3,000 users. So it's, it's grown really quickly. Oh, well. Yeah. Pretty good timing, I'd imagine. Uh, there's quite a few people, obviously, with more time on their hands and maybe been considering doing this and mm. um yeah perfect timing for it yeah i mean this is one of the things that i think we were just chatting before i i'm i've set myself this challenge at the moment to do 30 podcasts within 30 days 
um, and, and just entirely using the matchmaker platform, you know, and I'm, what I'm doing is kind of creating a behind the scenes video on, on how I'm doing this and, um, you know, kind of going to show the results. And if I, if I hit 30, great. If I do more than 30, brilliant. And if I don't get quite to 30, then I'll just be honest and say, well, I only managed 25. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, Jones, of... what's, your, um, what's your podcast on? My podcast is called Create, Reach, Inspire. And um, it's, it's, we've, we've just finished the second season. The first season was really just me giving kind of tidbits of, of information that I've kind of learned, like, you know, business advice, basically, kind of broken down into sort of no BS kind of, you know, action, little, little actionable steps. Um, second series, we, we focus more on interviews. So and most of them were face to face. Um, and I spoke to basically the concept was really business owners who are doing something differently to break through the, in their marketplace. Um, so I had conversations with everything from a fin- guy who has a fi- boutique financial advice firm through to someone who specializes in funding startups, um, through to someone who's got a, a platform for booking musicians. So it was a real diverse range of, of businesses. Any common themes? Who was the most in, who was the most interesting of those? Oh, that's, that, was, that was a tough question. I mean, the financial advisor, which was the last recording guy called Angus Millen, he's a he's a character. He's a really nice guy. Um, but what I really liked about his business is he's going so far out of the comfort zone in terms of the branding that they have. Um, a company called Millen Capital, and I thought it was really interesting how you know traditionally the financial advice sector is kind of very, you know. Uh, sort of three-piece suit wearing, quite kind of conservative, you know, and uh, lots of, you know, frilly bits around the edges. And, yeah. you know, it, uh, the, sort of the brands are all very sort of old, old school and old fashioned. And his brand is kind of like, you know, a um, bit more loud, you know, we cut the BS out, blah, blah, blah. And it's just, uh, he's trying to do something which is so different to what you're used to seeing when you're like looking at other financial advisors or wealth management websites. So I thought that was really, really interesting conversation. Um, so what's the plan next? What's the, what's the ambition for uh, the platform? For the matchmaker. So as I say, we've hit uh, 3,000 users in the first of three months. Um, we seem to be kind of doubling. It probably took, took about two months to get to 1,000. And then, uh, you know, the next month we got to 2,000. And then we got to 3,000 within sort of a few weeks. So we, we're definitely seeing an up. Uh, you know, uh, you think that's coming of, through word of mouth, through people using the platform? Partially, yeah. Yeah, we're trying to encourage people who are getting good results to sort of share it with their networks. Um, it's popping up in quite a lot of these sort of LinkedIn groups and things, you know, where there's people who are into public speaking and these these kind of topics, and they'll they'll sort of share resources in in those sort of groups. So yeah, but really the next phase as well is is obviously currently you know you'll be aware of this. It's a closed ecosystem, so in order to browse profiles, you need to be signed up. Mm-hmm. Um, that was partially because when we launched it, we, we didn't want to make it kind of publicly accessible because obviously there wasn't anyone on it and you couldn't get podcasters. This was the challenge we had. It was going to be tricky getting podcasters to sign up if there wasn't a good selection of guests and it was going to get pretty tricky getting guests to sign up if there wasn't a good selection of podcasters. So uh, we made the decision, right, rather than making this a sort of public directory, we wanted to close it off. Um, and we focused on exist, existing customers to begin with of, of podcast.co. Uh, so, so, so people who host their podcasts with us. And we, we said, you know, we tried to onboard those guys, first of all. Um, that went quite well. Um, so, so we had the kind of the grounding then. And we started just mainly doing outreach on LinkedIn, um, you know, and sharing in different groups and things. So that's been the strategy so to date. I think to kind of take things to the next level, we need to open up so that the, the directory is more visible to Google. So, you know, obviously that people's profiles can get crawled and indexed. Um, 
we'll be introducing functionality so you can say have a little widget which you can embed on your website which might say book me as a guest or or, or make a booking on our show good idea yeah and and also allow people to share their profiles on social media so mm. i'm hoping that these things are going to sort of further accelerate the growth um you know and obviously from a business perspective we 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 always wanted to have a free option but we'll probably introduce kind of like a freemium model so um we'll have various different functions which are paid for um or you know allow you to make make more connections or send more messages so we're kind of going to probably introduce that late, later this year but for the, for the time being it's just about growing it and trying to make as many people happy mm -hmm. with the platform and build those kind of connections for people and podcast.co is that is that a hosting platform yes exactly yeah interesting so you there's a definite crossover there that hopefully you might be able to encourage yeah. people to migrate um that are using so they use both platforms right yeah i mean it's interesting so we've we, we've sort of treating it as a startup within a startup so matchmaker so podcast.co is a startup and matchmaker is sort of like a sub project um you know the thing is with the podcast hosting space it is quite competitive there are a lot of options out there and so um you know we wanted to see what we could do which would make ourselves stand out in the market and, and obviously this is a you know effectively a good funnel for us because we're you know engaging with podcasters mm -hmm. we're engaging with a lot of guests who eventually some of them will want to start their own podcast as well um, so so from that perspective i think it's it's quite a good um you know marketing exercise for us as a business yeah i certainly found when we were looking around for, at hosting it's um it's really hard to actually do any comparison yeah there everything's you know there's one's really good for something and then one's really good for something else or yeah i mean fundamentally you know they, 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 they all the platforms do the same thing you know if you want yeah. you know it's 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 and again when you're first getting into podcasting the, the way the ecosystem is it's quite complicated you know it's not for someone who doesn't really understand the internet it's it's a bit of a ball lake really because you have yeah. something called an rss feed and people are like what's that and uh, then you say, well, it's basically a load of code, jibbledy dupe, which kind of describes when episodes were released and has it. And, and actually, really, people shouldn't have to con be concerned what that is. Um, so, so the main real uh, sort of target with podcast.co is to just try and get all of that process out of the way of people. So all they have to do is worry about creating the content, uploading it, and then we, we sort of handle the rest. So we, we, we distribute it on behalf of clients to all the major platforms. So Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, uh, TuneIn, et cetera. Do you support video on the platform? No, I don't think, we, I don't think we're going to do that because you do, video podcasts, I think, you know, they are a thing. You can actually have a video podcast. The problem with them is most, I think Apple supports them, Spotify, for example, doesn't. So, yeah. you know, it's one of these things where it, it was kind of designed, but then some, obviously YouTube's come along since then and sort of cornered that market. So I think I do, we always recommend podcasters use video because I still think video, and especially if you can record calls like this yeah. or if you're doing um, a face-to-face -face interview, it's well worth videoing. Um, and, and either release the episode as, as a full sort of length thing on YouTube or just chop it up and take out the, the best bits and use them as marketing collateral for your social media. It's, it's just, you know, you, you need to think about podcasters, um, a piece of content that you can really use cross purpose. So especially when we're working with um, corporate customers, cause we, we do production as well. So we, we produce podcasts for quite a few big companies. Um, and you know, this is, this is it. We, we try and, maximize every recording so we'll always record it and uh, we'll always record it with a video camera a couple of different angles if we can um 
and you know obviously that 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 then kind of gets gets pushed out on different channels so um the other thing you can obviously do as a podcast as well is, is turn your podcast into text um we have like ai transcription on our platform so it will effectively somehow a computer listens to what you're saying and turns it into text which is marvelous isn't it you, can't, you wouldn't believe to believe that was a thing 10 years ago uh but it's not always 100 percent accurate this is no I've, I've i've found this with um the, uh, i've been using uh descript yes yeah descript's pretty good as well yeah it's okay it's all right it's it just it does very much vary yeah. depending on the conversation. I can, <laughs> I can say it and accents and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, if, if someone's got a strong sort of, I don't know, Scottish Irish accent, it, you know, it's doomed basically. Yeah. It, it's, it struggles, <laughs> doesn't it? So, um, but yeah, it, you know, the great thing about the, this is you, you've done, you can, you know, obviously you could pay to have a human transcribe your content as well, which is a little bit more expensive, but it's still not ridiculous. Um, and, and obviously turn that content into blog posts, social posts. You know, there's so much you can do with that one asset, which I think from a marketing perspective, um, a lot of people still don't take full advantage of. I would say we're probably, you know, we're definitely guilty of that at the moment, being yeah. still very new to, to doing all this and learning very much as we go along. I think, you know, every every step you find another thing you didn't know about and a mm. new thing to learn. You know, you talk about filming from a couple of angles. That's a minefield in itself, trying to find, you know, I just thought, oh, let's use any camera we find and... Uh, that doesn't work either because some have, you know, they won't stay on for long enough or the, if you're recording like a DSLR has a 29 minute limit. <laughs> yeah. Or, it's, or, or the worst is, is this has happened to us so many times is, you know, with DSLRs, if, especially if you've got sort of fancy lenses on them, you can sometimes end up with someone slightly out of focus and it's just, it really just ruins the whole thing. It's, just, it's annoying. So you need <laughs> you to don't realize you get to the edited stage. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, uh, there's nothing, there's nothing. I mean, iPhone, for example, has got a pretty good camera on it now. Mm. So I don't think the video needs to be amazing, but I do think no. it certainly adds something to it. What are the, what would you say is kind of top five thing, things to research or learn mm-hmm. for anyone thinking about getting set up? Because I know that it's quite a, it's a popular thing to do at the moment. Obviously, yeah. we're, we're doing it ourselves. So, well, I think that the, the sort of five top tips. Firstly, just start. Um, there's too many people that think about doing it for far too long and don't actually take any action. Um, so, just get 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 something recorded, even if it's not perfect. You know, you you have to understand that to begin with, uh, you're not going to necessarily have a huge audience unless you've already got perhaps a big mailing list or um, you know a sort of a big following or whatever. Uh, so, so, you know, just starting is, is, is the main thing and, you know, always aim to try and do better each series as well. You know, think, well, how, how can we improve? And, and, you know, if you do an interview and you don't think it went well, you try and adapt to kind of, um, good listening capabilities so you can listen back to yourself and think, Hmm, I could have asked that question better or, or he made an interesting point there. And I, I could have then said something else about that. Uh, so, so that, those are the, the couple of points. Um, I think having a good microphone is quite kind of important. There are some people that say, oh no, just focus on the content. But I think the problem is there's so much content going out now. Um, you know, if it doesn't sound good and someone else's sounds better, well, they've already got one up on you. So I just think it's, if you're going to be serious about it, it's worth investing in at least a decent USB mic, you know, just so you can kind of up your, it will sound 10 times better than recording yeah. on your phone or recording on your built-in laptop microphone. Um, Sometimes, you know, I always, the way I, I like to, to do interviews is um, I don't have a sort of always a sort of a set list of questions. So I just have like sometimes bullet points mm-hmm. um, rather than scripting stuff. And 
the bullet points are kind of the main topics I want to cover. And there's sometimes, you know, so I always think having some kind of prepared notes in front of you is always useful um, just to kind of keep the conversation flowing. Again, you know, sometimes you're interviewing a guest and they're, they're not actually that talkative and it can be kind of dif almost difficult. So it's always good to have some backup questions or some sort of icebreaker type stuff prepared. Uh, what else? I think you also think about the brand when you were actually launching um, the podcast you know, who, who your target audience is going to be. Again, I think there's too many people who perhaps just sort of start without really thinking about who's actually going to be listening to this. So, you know, just like with any, if you're building any brand or any business, you always need to start with, with who your customers are going to be or who your audience is. So, you know, try and actually think about, you know, their age, where they're based, you know, what sort of jobs they might have, try and be as specific as possible. And you can even create personas which is a fantastic exercise you know we almost give them a name give them a gender and, and give them a complete identity uh, you know of a fictional person who would be your ideal customer or be your ideal listener um and yeah i think i think as i sort of say go just goes back to just getting started and you know it doesn't have to be perfect from the get-go but try and um be persistent as well uh, if you just release one or two episodes and think you're going to get a million listeners it's not going to happen mm. it's going it, to you've got to be in it for the for the long term i think and and again, try and be consistent. If you, there's no harm in saying um, releasing in seasons, because some people, like me, for example, I don't have time to record an episode every week all year long. So I kind of will commit to doing eight episodes, release them, have a couple of months break, and then focus on the next eight episodes. Um, but at least when you're releasing those eight episodes, you know people know if it's going to be once a week or if it's going to be once a fortnight. Um, you know, try and stick to that schedule. And is that some you know the the was that a strategy you you started with? Was going with the the seasons or, ep or the series kind of approach from from the get go? And for me, yes, it was communicating that as being a thing. Yeah, for me, it was it was just because obviously I've run, I'm running two businesses, so I, I, I only have so much time that I can devote to creating content, and I really love doing it. Um, but also as well, finding guests because I wanted to do them all face to face, and I didn't. I think it, I think it was like six out of eight we're face to face uh you know booking studio time making sure we've got cameras and everything set up you know it's all quite a, a, an exercise to get all that organized and as a business obviously there's some expense in that as well um so you know it's just it's just about making it manageable really and then in between the series do you then re-promote the previous series and and re re-chop content and just to keep the audience remembering that yep. you're there because i guess what i would see is how do you make sure you keep that engagement in between and how long are the gaps between the series that you've done so far? Well, I did the first series was sort of like end of last summer. Um, and the second series was at the start of this year. So we were releasing them in right. kind of Feb February time. Um, obviously with everything that's happened now, I've not got another series in the pipeline cause I'm focusing on doing this, this tour at the moment. Yeah. Um, and you know, I think I'll, I'll sort of come back to it probably once we're back in the office basically, but um yeah again i it, it's it's just for me that 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 works as a, as a format but it's different for everyone you know some people want to record an episode once a week and if that's what you want to do then then great there's no harm in doing that but just try and if you're going to say that you're going to do that you need to stick to it really yeah, yeah, we, definitely, yeah. we definitely did that and then you suddenly you suddenly realize that weeks go round very very quickly and it's a lot of work you know especially you know, as I said, if, especially if you're going to be doing, creating all those assets for your social media, yeah. you know, uh, editing takes time. Um, 
etc so so you need to be realistic i think if, if you're going to be doing it as a business exercise you need to be realistic about the time you can commit to it or you know if you can afford it have a have a team that can do some of the work for you yeah that'd be a, a lovely place to get to i mean we're like i say we're just getting off the ground and and yep. definitely fun and i think there's a lot to be said for working all of the stuff out as you go as well rather than just outsourcing from the get-go i would you know from my own personal experiences learning to do some video editing learning to yeah. do audio editing and uh, asset creation and all sorts of stuff there's a whole new bunch of skills and then when you do outsource at least you've got an understanding of what people are doing on your behalf yeah i i think that's a really good point actually i think if you if you're outsourcing you have a good understanding of that it allows you to manage be a more effective manager um, and also allows you to write more effective uh, briefs, I guess, as well. You know, if you're hiring a freelancer, you kind of know, you can kind of speak the lingo a bit more, I guess. Uh, but yeah. I think that's a, a really good point. Yeah. Who um, do you do it on your own or is there, have you got partners or? So I've got um, across both businesses, I've got about 30 staff. Oh, so, right, okay. Yeah. So, so we have um, kind of what quite a wide range of resource. Uh, we have, uh, we have two in-house videographers. We've got an audio producer, uh, we've got quite a lot of people in the content and marketing teams. Uh, so, so yeah, we're pretty well resourced, but as I say, a lot of this is not just for my podcast because we make podcasts for on behalf of lots of different clients. Um, so for example, one of the projects that we did last year, which was really interesting was we were creating a podcast for Samsung. Um, they were doing various different tech conferences, you know, so they had like a big exhibition stand on the sort of trade show floor. And one of the, the concepts that we worked with them on was actually building a podcast studio into the conference stand. So they had this, obviously, you know, they've got a lot of money, Samsung, so they have a huge mm -hmm. fancy stand. And we had like a little glass cube on the corner with some chairs in. And, uh, you know, delegates could go and listen to it on the other side of a the glass. They could listen to the conversation with headphones that were sort of set up outside. Right. And obviously our team were all over there filming it, recording it, and then after the conference, we, we sort of edited it all together for them. So that was really exciting. And I thought as a sort of a, an activation for a brand, you know, what a great way to engage with an audience. And of course, the benefit of doing this at a conference as well is you can grab, you know, really high profile speakers who have just come off stage uh, and, and, you know, inter interview them for, for, for the show. So um, that was a, that was a really good, cool project that we, we had the opportunity to work with Samsung on. Any more projects on the in the pipeline, or have you got enough on your plate? <laughs> no, point? we've got we've no nothing nothing <laughs> nothing new for now. I mean, matchmakers, uh, matchmakers doing well. We're going to continue sort of focusing on growing that. Uh, obviously, working on podcast.co side of things as well. Uh, but yeah, no, nothing nothing new for, for for the for the time being anyway. And uh, better tell everyone exactly where they can find uh, all of the services, just to yeah. be clear, and where they can find you. Sure. So uh, radio.co for the radio software, um, podcast.co for our podcast platform, matchmaker.fm if you want to get booked on podcast as a guest or if you're a podcaster looking to find more guests. And my name is James Mulvaney. So if you go on my website, which is jamesm.com, um, you can subscribe to my mailing list. There's all the links to social profiles on there as well. Amazing. Well, it's been great okay. to meet you, great to talk, and um, highly recommend matchmaker.fm. Um, we've had a great success with it so far, so um, hopefully everyone else will do the same. Well, listen, guys, thanks very much for having me. It's been a, been a pleasure to speak to you both. That's great. Cheers, James. Lovely to speak to you. Cheers. All right, cheers then.